The world is a new place, and we're all making adjustments. It moves faster and changes direction more frequently than ever before. People feel stuck, unfulfilled, and lost in their lives. I hear this all too often. Where are the answers? Someone please just give me the answers. Well, what if I told you the answers are finally here? My name is Scott McDonald, and I was once just like you. Join me on my process of personal development, pathway of success, and pursuit of happiness. For you see, my job isn't just to ask questions. My job isn't to just listen. My job is to ensure what happened to me does not happen to you. This is the Real Experience Student Athlete Podcast. I am Scott McDonald. I'll be your host from today till the end of time. Today we have Dan Lichterman all the way from, was it St. Paul, Minnesota that you're born from, but now you're living in Canada as a refugee, Dan? Yeah, born in St. Paul, grew up uh, in the suburbs of Minneapolis. So. Oh, there you go. Dan's one of our uh, senior coaches at uh, OHC, the Ontario Hockey Club, which is uh, really what inspired to, uh, to do this podcast for student athletes, not just for hockey players, but for all athletes in North America. And uh, it's some crazy times we're living in here now. And we actually, uh, you know, with all the arenas and facilities shut down, it's a, it's a hard time for athletes. A lot of them are uh, kind of wondering what their next step is. And they're all sitting at home, just, you know, not knowing what to do, playing video games until the end of time. And uh, you know, taking the next best photo on Instagram. So uh, how, how's everything been going on your guys' end? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, one, of, one of the two kids in the house is going a little stir crazy, but uh, I can imagine that, which we're one. okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The boy. <laughs> it's the boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, he doesn't know what to do with himself. The girls can figure it out though, right? They're, yeah. I'm like, Unlike, uh, you know, men simply don't think. I think that was what Earl Nightingale said in one of his recordings, but there it is. But hey, Dan, thanks for uh, being on the show today, um, you know, especially when guys like you and I have all the time in the world to do a, to do a show like this. Um, you know, I think, you know, you and I have talked a lot on uh, the philosophy of, uh, of development uh, and, and what that really is. And I think for a lot of our audience, um, they get a bit skewed to what that actually means. Some people think, and I keep going back to this um, phrase from Jim Rohn, people are good at working hard on their jobs, but they're not good at working hard on themselves. And we see so many athletes who, 
they go to the gym as much as they can. They go to every clinic as much as they can. They uh, join every prospect team in the off season. Like they, they, they almost, they pretty well just fill their schedule and the parents feel the need to fill the schedule. Um, you know, what do you really feel like uh, is lacking for, for those parents and players to get educated, but also for them to be, you know, to understand this is how you should do it and don't go beyond, you know, your, your season. Yeah. I mean, it, it's something I think we, we talk about it a lot, especially being in that kind of world of, um, you know, uh, training and uh, skills training and, and kind of athlete training, stuff like that. I, th- I think one of the biggest things I see with kids is, they do too much. And, and when you're doing everything, it becomes, you, you, you're not doing much with a purpose. Um, what I always like, and I, I deal a lot right now, like one-on-one with kids and, and shooting, like I teach a lot of shooting and um, you know, I just see kids come in and they're running from thing to thing and they don't really take that time to have a purpose for, for what they're doing or why they're doing it is just like, Oh, well, great. I do, you know, and, and even right now with, uh, with all this going on, you know, you see kids going to shoot pucks in their driveway or, you know, stick handle toilet paper or whatever, whatever they're doing online. Right. Um, but like, if you're going to go shoot 500 shots and shoot them all right in the middle of the net with uh, poor hand positioning and body positioning, you're, you're not making yourself better. Right. And, and that's, um, you know, and even in spring hockey, like if you're just going and playing 60 spring hockey games and just running around and creating bad habits, um, then you're, you don't really have a purpose for what am I doing this, this spring? What am I do, playing these games for? What am I doing this training session for? Um, and, and so like, that's great. You did a bunch of stuff, but are you making yourself better? And I think that's really where kind of, you know, whether it's kids or, or, you know, usually with the younger kids, it's more parents kind of being, well, we have to go do all this junk. Well, sometimes the purpose is to take a rest day. Sometimes the purpose is, you know what, we're going to just focus on our, our quick release today or, or just hitting, you know, a, a specific spot in the net or whatever it is. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, I was at, uh, at Canland York one day and PK Subban was skating there and, and working with the trick. Like I watched him for 45 minutes work on his outside edges, like super slow, just going through the process of isolating what, what he was working on in that specific session. And, and so I think, you know, I think kids in general and, and parents in general need to, need to take more of that mindset. Okay. Like why, why are we doing stuff instead of, well, the kid down the street did this. So I have to do that. So do you feel that it's uh, keeping up with the Jones Joneses mentality? That's making everyone get into that burnout and feel the need to do everything that's presented to them. I think, I think it's some of that. I think it's also um, just the, this comparative culture that we have in sport where, you know, well, my kid has to be like that, or, you know what, that kid's got a scholarship offer. I got to do exactly what that kid does. Like every, every athlete is different. Every kid, uh, their mindset, their work ethic, their mentality, their, metabolism there like everything is different for everybody right so what like in and through my coaching career like uh, when I was coaching at the NCAA level 
you know, we had some kids who left their gear in the locker room all summer and that was the best thing for them. We had some kids who needed to be on the ice or wanted to be on the ice every day. And that was the best thing for them. So it's, um, I think the biggest thing as an athlete is figuring out what works for you. And, and some of that might be trial and error. And some of it might be just, you know what, I kind of know what I like and I know what, what keeps me going. And whether that's being on the ice every day or whether that's, you know what, I need to take two weeks where I don't skate or I need to take two months where I don't skate. And, and so, um, but then when I do train, whether it's on the ice or in the gym or whatever it is, it, it needs to be purposeful, not, you know, like, you know, and I know this is different between male and female athletes where, Hey, you know what, I'm just going to go in and I'm going to do a bunch of curls so I can go to the beach. Um, you know, so you got the big arms and the chicken legs and, you know, that I, I guess that looks awesome. I'm not sure. I never had that problem, but, um, you know, but it, it's having that, that purpose and, and the kids are super lucky now. Like they, you know, there's trainers and there's people who know, um, and, and can kind of help that. I mean, when I was coming through the process, like we'd go to the gym and it was just, you know some old retired gym teacher that would sit in there and we'd, uh, we'd do a squat 400 pounds for an hour and then thought that made us better, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, kids now, there's so many resources for these kids, whether it's people that they work with, people that coach them, people, you know, online, whatever it is, there's, there's tons of resources for, for people to help figure that out. So do you feel that it's the up to the parent to ask their son or their daughter, hey, what do you want to do at once the season's done in terms of their off season? Or do you feel, you know, obviously because we're we're talking about like a what like a young to a young adult age bracket. So do you feel that you know the parents should they sh- they should really ask and get the honest the honesty out of the athlete because that the the athlete's going to know what's best for him or her. <clears throat> even yeah, though I, I, even though some parents will say. Uh, I don't care what my kid wants. We're shutting it down because that's what I want. Yeah, I think it needs to be a, a, a conversation. Again, like as, you know, I, I look at, at my two kids, you know, they're 15 and 12. You know, they, they like the, the, the 12-year-old somewhat knows what she wants, but also sometimes uh, some kids will go through the path of least resistance um, and whether that's just to get dragged to stuff or it's, I don't, I don't really feel like doing anything. So it's, it's also kind of knowing the personality of each, of each athlete, right. Of, Hey, you know what? Like, and this is, this is honestly the best lesson that I ever had in my coaching career. The first, the first coaching job I had, I, I was an assistant coach at a high school in Minnesota and the head coach had been there for 25 years at, at the same school. And he pulls me aside the first day and he points at one kid. He goes, hey, you see that guy? That guy, you need to put your arm around and talk to him. And then you see that guy, you need to put your skate up his ass and talk to him. So it's, you know, with your kids, it's, it's figuring out, you know, they all have different personalities. Like which, which one do you got to kick in the ass and which one do you have to put your arm around and have a conversation? It's, it's building that. And you said the key word is building that honesty where, you know, the kids need to be honest with themselves of, Hey, geez, you know what? I got a lot more that I can, that I can give and that I can push myself or, you know what? Like I, I'm, I'm doing too much right here. I need to back off and, and give my mind and body a little, little rest too. 
And do you feel that there's um, there's the, the practice of of self sabotage from the, the the athlete and the and the uh, the parent in terms of you know we'll do whatever it takes. This is up going up into like a into tryouts. We'll do whatever it takes, whatever you need to to be on your team. They're given that opportunity, and today with millennials and the sense of entitlement, because uh, I've had it happen to me, and I've no other coaches that have happened where they make that commitment verbally, they get in the program, they're at the highest level, what they've always dreamed of. And then they don't do anything. And that's pretty well just sabotaging themselves. They sold themselves short. Like, do you feel that's uh, that's something that's a, that's an issue right now in, in the oh, athletic oh, world today? hundred percent. Like it's, uh, and it, it's not just in, in youth sports either. It's at the, at the college level. Like, you know, I've, I, I mean, I, I had kids at the college level that it's, you know, I, I pushed myself and I, I got here, I'm here, you know, like, uh, you know, all right, what do you, you know, th- this is it. I made it. It's like, you know, getting there is just part of it. It's, it's gotta be what you, you have to continually keep going and, and find a way um, to, to once you're there, then you got to perform. That's the whole point of this deal right <laughs> like um you know you get the and uh, i mean i'll never forget this I, my first year at minnesota state having a conversation I, I worked with our d there so we have eight d address six and and four play a lot and the other two maybe not as much right um and, and so one kid who did, like she she wasn't playing as much as she wanted to and so we sat down had a little little meeting and and her words to me well you know, she was in her second year. It was my first year there. She's like, well, you know what? It's good enough to get here before you got here. And I said, you're not going to be good enough to stay then. Like, you're going to get out recruited. You're going to get passed by. You're going to get, uh, you're going to find yourself out of the lineup if it was just about getting here. And and I think that's kind of, un- unfortunately, the mindset of a lot of kids. And, and you see a lot of these kids now that, uh, with these early commitments, right? So you have a kid who committed in grade nine. It's like, well, I already got my deal. I don't need to do anything else. Well, you're going to get to college and there's not nine forwards. There's 15. Uh, so three don't even dress and, you know, uh, three don't play very much. Uh, same with the D, you know, there's eight or nine D and six dress and four play a lot. So, um, you know, you got to find those ways to stay motivated and, and keep improving and, and figure out it's, it's not about the level you're at. It's about where am I going to next and what do I have to do? How, how what do I need to know to succeed at that next step? That's uh you know, it's funny that you bring that up because um, you know, Cody Creighton will be on the next episode and is our head skill instructor. He told me when he got to Robert Morris and, he walked in the room and next thing you know, he recognizes a dozen other top scorers in the development leagues that they all came from. And when he had his first coaches meeting, um, it was Derek Schooley at Robert Morris university of the uh, men's hockey team who said, you placed top six minutes as a freshman, not, not as a senior, as a freshman, you play top six minutes or you don't play at all. And uh, I, I definitely know for a lot of um, uh, families um, and, and all student, you know, athletics here uh who wouldn't who would say well who the hell are you to tell me that but they don't realize that you're in a completely different world now like mom and dad you can't save little billy or 
little Susie anymore. This is, this is real now. Yeah. It, yeah. And that's, I, I mean, I think some of it, unfortunately, like minor hockey has taken such different turns at these younger levels and, it, you know, and, and it's, you know, like you see these Adam teams and you see teams shortening the bench, like in September. And it's like, okay, like, why did you even take these kids on your team? And, um, you know, but it, it, so much of the winter hockey has become not about development. It's about winning. Um, you know, and that's where it's, it's different in, in a lot of spring programs where, you know, you can really focus on that individual development because the scoreboard should be, um, they're irrelevant to, to what you're doing. And uh, really, you know, Hockey Canada is now trying to take some of that back with these younger age groups and what they're doing and, you know, taking away the scoreboard a little bit. And and it's not about the kids. And I think that's what's kind of misguided and what people are, are thinking is going on that, oh, you know, we're ruining these kids. No, it's because of the parents. Because parents are psychotic. Uh, and coaches are, for the most part, psychotic. And they think, you know, that winning uh, – you know, your novice championship is going to be the be all end all. Like I look at my daughter, I coached her minor Adam team when she played with the boys, we won zero games. You know how many people have asked her how many games she's won in minor Adam since minor Adam? None. Nobody cares. <laughs> like develop, get better, uh, make your players better. If you're a coach, if you're a parent, it doesn't freaking matter. Get better every time you do something and, and whether it's in the winter or the spring or the summer, you know what? And if that means taking a, taking a vacation, go on vacation. Like, but, you know, understand that, you know, you brought up before like that commitment level. Um, that's, that's part of it too, is teaching your kid, Hey, you know what? We're on this hockey team. Uh, we're not taking holidays because we might be in the playoffs. That's a commitment level. Right. Um, but it's again, and as, as a coach, you know what, like I always love having those weeks off at Christmas time. I think that's great for the families. Like just go recharge, get away from the rink, get away from everything. And cause the, the season's way too long. I think what we're finding out through, through this uh, coronavirus is that, you know what, we could probably do a shortening the season. I think everyone's kind of, in a way excited to to have okay i get this little break now i can miss it now i can come back re-energize instead of rolling from you know league playoffs to provincials to tryouts to now spring hockey to summer training with your team like there's no break so yeah and it's it's definitely something that i've talked to parents about too and they say you know i didn't realize how much i was going to miss this when you know, the seasons were canceled for many sports and now it's, uh, you know, they don't know what to do, but the one thing that they have been able to do is to reconnect. And I think there's a lot of soul searching reflection that's going to happen on in that. And people are going to approach it moving forward differently. Uh, uh, and another thing that, that I wanted to touch on was, you know, Spencer Anderson was on, uh, was on here the other day and he talked about, for one, there is a lack of real, coaching out there for sure. So I could definitely agree with the whole, you know, coaches who are nuts. He said, there's a lack of strong support group from family and friends with athletes, which we've touched upon as well. Cause some, some of them can, uh, they're almost doing it for themselves more than they are for the athlete. But he mentioned something 
you know, I think that we can expand on here was, um, you know, control what you can. So, you know, to kind of educate our, our audience here, let, let's, let's take it back. If you're a minor athlete in your, uh, you know, elementary, middle school, you know, high school days, um, so that, you know, both a- athletes and parents can understand what can we control, you know, during this time in terms of our development and, and getting better. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always looked at it. And one thing that uh, that I've always preached that, that your two controllables are your attitude and your effort. Um, you know, from there, you know, it, if you're not in a role you like, you know, you can be disappointed by that, but don't be devastated by that. Um, you know, go have a conversation with your coach. If you're a young athlete, um, you know, with your parents, sit down with the coach and say, hey, you know, like what what other things do you need to see from them to to so they can play in those situations? Honestly, like I, I feel at these younger ages, I think every kid should, you know, and, and Adam, especially Adam and below, every kid should play power play. Every kid should penalty kill. Um, you know, you don't, you have to teach kids, they, you know, it's, it's easy to just take, okay, this kid's the strongest right now, but when the, the tables turn at Bantam, when that kid who is just bigger and faster than everybody is now the same size that they were in, in novice and they're a minor Bantam, uh, and they're the only one who knows how to penalty kill, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, as a coach with, you know, if, if you stay in that age group or whatever, but, you know, it's about, again, teaching kids through what their skill level is, what their mental capacity is and, and those kinds of things. And, and cause you don't, you don't know um, a kid who's 10, you don't know what they're going to be when they're 16, right. Or what they're going to be when they're 18 or especially, you know, more so on, on the boys' side, what, what are they going to be when they're 21, 22, 23, when, when they're fully developed, right? So um, I think that's a challenge, too, to us as, as coaches is to really help kids kind of identify, like, hey, like, yeah, you need to work on this stuff. You, you might not be as good as this kid right now, but maybe you will be, you know? So, you know, you, you need to, to teach that mindset, of here's here's how I have to approach training. Here's how I have to approach practicing. Here's how I have to try to get better and, and not allow um, those comparisons to to the next kid or um, you know those disappointments to get in the way of you improving. I, it's you mentioned about the the right level, the right mindset. How important is it to actually? be a top competitor and not necessarily, you don't have to be dominant, but you know, there's that opportunity there too, but a top competitor at the right level rather than playing at the highest level as a low level competitor. Again, I think every, every kid's mindset is different. Um, there, there's, there can be benefit to both. I, I think there is a lot of benefit to being that person that's, that's relied upon and, and, um, you know, being a top player and, and whether, you know, it's, uh, you know, you look at the girls playing, playing minor, um, you know, playing single A and instead of making that jump to double A. Um, and again, different ages, different stages. Um, 
and kids are, are going to change through that. Right. But, um, and especially I found with, with the female athletes, it's that confidence building and, and really with any athlete, it's, it's about having confidence in your skill set and, and, you know, having that opportunity to, 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 try to to compete at that highest level instead of having to chase the game sometimes it's good to to be that person that has control of the game or has a little more control and a little more impact on the game than all than rather than always being that that 15th kid on the on the roster right um you know but there's also situations and there's kids who need that push too so again it, it goes back to knowing your athlete um knowing your kid and knowing you know some of it's about being happy but also some of it's about um not just about hey let's just go and, and be happy some of it like how how are you going to push yourself as an athlete and um you know but it's also find out about what what part of competition makes you happy Right. If it's just that, well, I just want to be the best one, then okay, find that level. If it's, you know, that I have to push and I want other people to be at a certain skill level and, and have certain aptitudes, then that's the level you should try to be at. So, you know, again, every every athlete's gonna be different and and thrive and succeed in, in different um, different environments. Now here's something that can be a raw comment. What 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 would you say in the the advice you would give to those to the parents of those athletes who they know their kid is not at that level, but yet they still try to sell their kid to a program that you know usually it's a struggling program that they should be there. Would you say that you know it, it, that is not beneficial, especially if your if your if your kids uh, you know average at the level they're at now. You're trying to go to the next level, but only not not that you're going to be on a good team. You're going to be on a team that's going to be suffering. Is that something you would say to stay away from? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know, again, and I wouldn't say losing causes frustration. I think not being competitive causes frustration, and then you know it just becomes the blame game of you know. And, and for most parents, it's never their own kid's fault or their, their own kid is, is never one of the issues. It's always, you know, well, it's the, you know, the coach is crappy or, you know, the team is crappy or whatever it is. Um, but it, again, it's, you know, you, for, as a parent, you got to find those right situations. Again, it should be, the first question should be how, how is my kid going to develop and what skills are they going to develop? on this team not what level is this team because you know why it doesn't do you any good to to go play a game and lose 12 nothing just as it doesn't really do you any good to go win a game 12 nothing. yeah what would you say uh let's move let's move up uh the age category here and we're talking you know for those student athletes that are in their high school years you know they're at home right now with nothing to do with the with the schools being closed and uh you know you said they can be in control of their attitude and their mindset, which is something they can develop at a young age and carry on up until now. And now they're wondering, okay, well, what next? So what else can we be in control of? Or can those student athletes be in control of right now? I, I would, first thing that would come to me is, you know, just keeping your general conditioning and fitness up 
which you can do easily at home. They'll, they'll say that they can't, but you can. There, there are ways yeah. to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's first and foremost is, you know, again, start to identify what what skills do I need to improve on? You know, you can kind of take that self-inventory of, okay, you know, I want to work on my hands. Well, that's probably the easiest thing to do at home. You know, fitness level and a beautiful day outside right now, go for a run, go for a bike, um, you know, whatever that is, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, all those kinds of things um, that are easy. I like to do the squats where I'm looking high fridge, low fridge, um, <laughs> you know, so – uh, ice ice you know, cream ice cream to <laughs> yeah. uh, last night's pizza. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, like there, there again, there is always something you can do, or even you know, maybe it's you know, reading a book or or you know, uh, listening to some you know donkey like me talk about this stuff. So um, you know, there you know, and working on that mindset, that mentality, um, those kinds of things. So it's you know. It, Right now, especially, it's a great time for that kind of self-inventory of, all right, you know, where was I at last year? Where do I want to get to for next season? Okay, now, and I think goals goals are great. I'm not a big uh, goal setter person because I think a lot of people just like they'll set a goal, well, I want to score 50 goals. Well, who doesn't? But like how how are you going to do that how are you and sometimes again you're not always in control of if you're going to score 50 goals you might not you know have power play opportunity you might not have line mates that can you know if you're a shooter you might be on the ice with line mates who, who can't get you the puck you know so um you know if i want to improve my goal total or i want to make sure that i'm finishing you know on you know, two of 10 of my grade A scoring chances or things like that. One thing I always talk about with kids when I teach shooting is that, you know, you got to think every time you shoot the puck in practice or in a training session, um, you know, realistically, you're getting maybe three shots towards the net in a game. And maybe more depending on what position you play, maybe less. So you got to think every time you shoot the puck, okay, this is only one of three that I get. So again, it goes back to having that purpose when I'm training, like not too many goalies that I know have holes right in their stomach. So puck's <laughs> probably not going through there. Right. Like, and, and it doesn't, I've tried. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, I mean, girls hockey, especially like we, when I, when I was at Maine, uh, we used to have a running joke in, in practice. Uh, like every time that someone hit the goalie right in the stomach where everyone would yell line change. Because all, like we talk about that, all that showed was, you know what? I'm tired, and hey, shot in the stomach can be a purposeful shot. If end of a shift, you know what? Maybe you're our third line, and we want to get our top line out next. Now, you know you've been out there 40 seconds. Yeah, good offensive shift. Get the puck in the stomach. Get the whistle. Let's get our big dogs out there who can, you know. Well, I mean, I don't know if we really had uh, in my time there. We didn't have too many big dogs who could. Who could light the lamp and you know and some pups <laughs> yeah um you know so so it can be a purposeful shot but you know when you're training like if you're shooting there's no goalie in the net try to hit inside of the post every time you know every kid now wants to go bar down so everything's going over the net over the you know what work on shooting the puck two two inches off the ice like you know again have have that purpose 
in a training session of all right what what am i trying to do right here yeah well the uh the interesting thing is moving forward now because we keep saying about you know with a purpose with a purpose and you know we actually as you know like we have a lot of athletes in the club who have chance at their provincial teams and uh over the course of the summer and some of them are have the chance to be on their national teams for their u18s when, when those camps open up this summer um what would you say, you know, that those athletes should be most focused on, especially you said we, and for our audience, you know, we're talking about, okay, what's my purpose? Take a self inventory, which is to see what, what you're strong at, what you're weak at, but now it's okay. What, what would be the, the, the key things to really focus on when you have a big camp like that? Cause the season's over, it's done. It's not coming back. And I don't think, there's going to be much benefit into just playing games for the sake of playing games when you have something of a stature, you know, coming up to you, especially, you know, being at a, as a teenager and you've already done that, been there, done that. Um, what would you think is, what would be your advice to those athletes who, you know, they're going to be going against some of the best in the, and not just in the province, but in their country, what's the most important thing to, to carry into those camps? Well, it's, it's to be detailed, you know, detailed in, um, you know, like if you're doing a drill and it's, you know, turn at the red line or past the red line, don't turn before. Cause you know, there's, there's going to be and the same thing like I, with the, with the boys uh, prep team that I coach right now. Like we talk about this with, with junior camps, like don't be the guy who's cutting stuff short. Um, you know, be the person who's, who's extra detailed in the drill. If you have a question, ask it um you know but pay attention to the detail that the coach is saying in the drill um within the game like if if you're in a camp and there's a scrimmage talk talk to your line mates you know hey you know what if i'm f1 or if you're f1 you know i'm gonna read off you which way you're pushing the puck so um you know try to follow you know, or, or try to go inside out and I'll come wall so I can seal that off or whatever, you know, have those conversations, conversations show that you're a student of the game, that you're not just, well, I'm just going to go play hockey. I'm going to go play shinny for team Canada. Well, you know what? They don't play like that. Um, you know, so if you don't understand something that a coach is saying too, like our terminology, be that person who asks the question that actually sticks out for coaches that, hey, you know what, this person's invested in making themselves better. But I think those those details of, again, you know, a, a warm-up shooting drill, if you're keeping pucks low off pads and actually hitting targets when you shoot instead of going high glass, like no one cares if you score in a warm-up drill. You know, if, if you go and you're able – to shoot the puck in, in a spot. Like if you're doing a two on O and you're coming wide and you make, take a shot off the pad and the rebound goes right to your teammate, that looks good. Right. So it's, it's understanding uh, those type of uh, little details that, that are gonna, those, the, the smaller, the, the higher level you go, the smaller, the detail that stands out. Right. Um, you know, anyone can see, Oh, you know, <laughs> I go back to, um, I was working the U.S. Select 16s camp one year, and I had just coached my game. I pop in the rink and start watching another game, and someone's flying down the ice. I'm like, holy cow, that kid's got it. Look down, it's Kendall Coyne. 
Oh, well, hey, wow. great job. I can pick out Kendall Coyne. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I already should have known it was Ken. Like I, I, when I lived in Chicago, I worked with Kendall when she was like 10 and 11 years old. So I should have known exactly who it was. But, you know, it was like one, one of those coaching, oh, hey, I still got it. I can pick out the best player in the country in that age. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she's, she still said no to me when I called her on, her, uh, on, on uh, July 1st uh, when, when I could. But she was polite about it, so that was nice. Well, who can blame me for trying, right? Who who, yeah. <laughs> who, who wasn't making the call that time? Yeah. So, who, who else did? I thought you were going to say, who else didn't say no to me? Yeah. <laughs> well, so I guess to, to summarize that uh, with those small details, you're saying take extreme ownership in your duty and responsibility. Yeah, yeah. You know? And that's actually and, something... And, oh, go ahead. And I, I think also, too, like be the player you are. Don't try to be... You know, if you're not a hands person, don't be a hands person because all that's going to stand out is Jesus doesn't have good hands, right? If if you're not uh, if you're not a great shooter, you know, show what you can do, but also you know, be be a distributor, right? If you're a stay-at-home defenseman, you don't necessarily have to rush the puck um, and reach out of your comfort zone in, in those, like do what you do and be comfortable with what, what skill set you do bring. Cause if you're invited to to camp like that, uh, you're there for a reason. Right. And, and the people there know what, what type of player you are um, for the most part, you know, they, they, they may not fully know the, the scope of your potential, but, um, you know, I, that's the other is simplify, right? Like you don't need to go like, you know, be the first in line making saucer passes and stuff like that. Like, just make, make a good, simple, right pass, play, whatever it is and, and keep it detailed and keep it simple. That Scott Jacklin was on uh, yesterday uh, and Jax was saying at the very end and he hit it perfectly where he said, and then the question was, if you could give uh, advice to the 16-year-old Scott Jackman, what would that be? And he said, you do you, man. Just you do you. And I think that's where a lot of uh, players and support groups like parents and friends get confused. They think they see someone else and they think, well, you should be like that. And I, yeah. I had a conversation with one of our athletes before, um, you know, who, who was you know, looking to get recruited by, by a, a new program. And uh, they're at, you know, she was asking me, how should I go about this? I said, well, everyone wants to go in and said, like, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll, uh, uh, I'm going to score you this many goals. I'm going to get this many baskets. I'm going to you know, throw this many touchdowns. But you never hear of a player who approached you said, I'm coming here to be the best defender, offensive defender that the league has. I'm, I'm com- coming in here to take a role that you need because I know you have someone else and I think that's something, you know, as you get older, especially when you're going to the college level, um, you should keep a more open mind to. And that's something that Scott had mentioned before. Jax was, was saying, you know, what, got, what made him successful was he was open to a lot of ideas that were thrown at him. He didn't shut them down and say, well, no, this is how it is. And this is who I am. If you don't like that, well, you got to go talk to someone else or figure someone else out. Um, he, he really just said, you do you. And you'll get the best success because that's who you are at the end of the day is yourself. Yeah. And, and, and I think like along with, with that detail, like, you know, and, and just from, from my scouting 
perspective and, and think like, you know, you take defensemen. Um, like I always watch more what, what D do when they don't have the puck and especially when their partner has the puck, right? Like, so that detail, that partner support, like, are you engaged? Are you an outlet for your partner? Um, you know, those, those kinds of things um, that, that I don't think, I mean, you know, average parent and, and even uh, in, in a minor hockey recruiting standpoint, like my daughter, for example, like, um, you know, I mean, as, as coaches have watched her, they're like, geez, I'm really impressed with, with how she plays without the puck. Right. Like, like to me, that's huge as a, as a coach um, because there's going to be more times that you don't have the puck than you do have the puck in a game. And, and so what you do without the puck, like if there's a kid that I'm really interested in, I'm really dialed in when they don't have the puck, like you, you want them to make good decisions with the puck. Um, but if they're already on your radar as a college coach, they're, they're going to be a high end player, right. Uh, with the puck, but, and, and that's the thing too, that happens. I think you brought it up before, like you get to the college level, everyone there was one of the best players on their team. Right. So, um, you're not going to a situation where, everyone's going to be below you. Everyone's going to be either at your skill set or above you. And, um, you know, so now you got to learn how to play a game with five people rather than a game by yourself. And so I think that's the, one of the biggest challenges for kids as they move from that kind of minor hockey into, you know, and I, I, I'll even count like girls junior somewhat in that where, you know, moving into that level, again like it's it's more and more of a team game as you get to college it's even more so uh, at that national level you better play a team game or it's not happening <laughs> what would you say for those at <clears throat> for those uh players who are at that junior level what skills should they be making sure that they're developing and i'm not just talking from in game it could be out game it could be life skills it could be fitness but what should they have without a doubt before they go to the college level? Uh, I, I think the, the biggest one is understanding how to prepare yourself to perform. Um, you know, I, I think because these kids play so many games uh, that they get desensitized to the game experience and that they're, they're not prepared to compete and perform at their highest level. So like, you know, I mean, uh, most of these kids, you know, they're playing 70 games a year. Well, you get to college, you're playing 34. So, and you're only playing one a day. You don't have to prepare for seven on a weekend, which um, is a good thing, but um, you know, you have to prepare to be your best for 60 minutes, then recover and prepare yourself to be your best for 60 minutes the next day. And, and so it's, it's actually, it's a hard skill for a lot of kids coming from this environment where you're just rushing around playing games, playing games, playing games to be able to then just show up and, and dial in and really perform because, you know, again, like if, if you don't perform as one of those 12 forwards, well, there's three guys who didn't dress for that game who are going to be in the lineup tomorrow. So, um, you know, it, it's, you know, and again, preparation for everyone is different. I think, you know, 
part of it is what did you do the night before, did, you know, or even the few days before, did you get your proper rest, your proper nutrition, proper hydration, all those kinds of things. And then, you know, I hear so many kids now, like even before the first game, so oh, my legs are dead. Well, like you got to adjust your, what, what, you know, if everyone's legs are dead, then let's talk to the strength coach and figure out, is there something that we're not doing properly to prepare these kids or, you know, like everyone, again, everyone's different physiologically, like everyone can eat different things and different time frames before they play, but that's use this kind of Bantam midget junior time to figure out like, okay, how, what do I need to eat? How do I need to rest? How do I need to fuel myself to perform? And it, and that actually just, uh, it, it kind of got me thinking just about like, you know, um, cause I'm on this London real course, uh, for the broadcast yourself course. And, uh, the founder, Brian Rose, who's, um, you know, the headmaster teaching it, uh, he said, you got to get micro when you're doing anything, when it comes to, you know, whether you're broadcasting yourself, you're in business, you're looking to accelerate your life. You got to go micro and I really, and I really think that's something athletes don't do. They say, well, I need to get stronger. Okay, well, what do you mean by that? And a lot of them say, well, no one's really explained it to me. I need to manage my time better. What do you mean by that? Well, no one's ever told me. Okay, so let's go micro for a second. So let's use, you know, strength and conditioning is a great thing. And I, and the one I love the most is I got to get faster. Okay, well, you and everyone else in the world wants to get faster. Yeah. So, so, let's, so let's go micro. So it's like, well, okay, you got to get faster. What, what drives your speed? Well, my legs. Okay, so the legs got to get stronger. So what do we got to do? Okay, we got to do squats. We got to do lunges. We got to do, you know, box jumps. You know, we got to do a lot of, you know, tension resistance training, you know, for, for that. And that's getting micro. And that's saying, okay, and we have to make sure that we're, we're you know, building the conditioning. So that means we're going to have to throw, you know, spin cycle in there or sprints or running, whatever it takes. Uh, to. But that's what, it, at the end of the day, you can't just say, in my opinion, at least, because I've learned it in this course and it's done me wonders, is you can't just say, well, I want to get better. I want to get stronger. I want to get faster. I want to shoot harder. Okay, but how are you going to get there? Like, how fast are we talking? Are we talking like you want to improve, you know, goal line to center ice speed? Are we talking blue line to blue line? It all depends on your position. Are we talking that you want to go into camp as the fastest on the team? Because there's different intensities when it comes to that. Sometimes you getting faster, it could be just how you cross over, you know, when, yeah. uh, when you're building up speed. So do you think that's one thing that has to be, you know, that athletes really have to take in consideration? They got to get really micro um, with what those improvements are and, and focus on that because there's only so much you can, you can build on in, in an off season or even in, yeah. in an in season. And I, I think that's a, a great way to put it. I've never thought of it that way. I think for both the athlete and the coaches, like coaches, I think need to get more micro and more specific in directives like, Oh, geez, you know what? We need to be better along the wall. Well, like where, why, how, um, you know, like that's great. We need to win wall battles, but like, how are we doing it? We're like, you know, because there, there's different situations, right? So, um, but I think as an athlete, and this is, I, I think, too, some of the struggle is so much of the directive from whether it's from, you know, your hockey coach or your strength coach or whatever. It's, it's a general statement to a large group. 
right? But development is very individual, you know, and, and, you know, to take a team and to say, hey, like, this is a big game. We got to get ramped up. I want you guys to compete. Well, now let's say you already have a kid who's ramped up, who's ready to compete, and now they go take a penalty because they're over-competing, and now you get mad. Well, you can't. Like, you just gave the directive to get wrapped up. So, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's uh, again, like, as coaches, it's, it's general information, but then it's, it's also taking each player and, and talking individually. Here's what I need from you today, right? And then each player coming to the rink, all right, what, what do I need to do today to be successful, not just for myself, but also for my team. And, and I think too, uh, you know, we go back, you talk about spring and winter hockey, spring hockey, you can be very selfish, um, you know, about what, what you're getting out of it. You can't be as selfish when it, when it comes to winter hockey, because there's more people relying on you for the team to be successful. Um, spring hockey, again, like it, it, to me, it doesn't matter, like whether whether you know you win or lose a game in the middle of June. Who, you know, what is beautiful outside? Who cares? Go outside. It doesn't matter. Like, did you get better? Um, which again, I would I would love us to challenge ourselves as coaches to do that more uh, in the in the winter season. Of okay, hey, did did you get better today? Okay, great. Let's go. Whatever the score doesn't matter really at, at the end of it. So. Um, you know, but it's, I, I love that, how you phrase that of, of going more micro with your mindset of, okay, let's get, get it down to, to more detail. So now you know exactly what you're, you're trying to accomplish and where you're trying to get to, um, you know, rather than kind of this broad sense of, uh, I want to score more goals. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, like, are you a winger? Like get to the net. Let's get to the net more. Let's bring the puck to the net more, right? Like I want to score more goals, but I'm shooting everything from outside the dot line and below the dots. Like you're not going to score goals from there. So score um, more goals. Like how many did you have last year? Five. Well, what if you scored six? Is that good enough? Are, yeah. are we talking? Are we talking ten? Or are we like how are we talking? And we're going to figure out how to generate that. And uh, I, I think that's something that you know I've always told parents. You know, uh, when, when they go to off-season prospect teams or they go to these camps, I always tell them, uh, uh, you know, if, and this is obviously because, you know, some of the, uh, for some of the younger ones, the older ones, they get it. When I say the things that you're concerned about trying in a game with your, with your uh, club team, try them here. Try them with us mm-hmm. because, as you know, like we, we promote skill development, you know, probably better than anyone in my non-professional opinion. You know, haters are going to hate for the ones who who are hearing me say that, but it's my show and I'll do what I want. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like uh, I, I always said that I said, you know, our jo- you should be coming here trying new things and failure is just testing. So test as much as you can with us, because by the time you get to your club team, if you could bring that one skill into, into your club, that's your stock. You brought more value to your marketplace, which is your team and, and that league. And I think that's uh, that, that's one way to always look at it. Um, so let, let's yeah, move forward. I, I think a lot, along just one, one more thing along those lines. And 
um, you know, a lot of what I try to teach, like, especially when I'm, when I'm working with kids one-on-one and shooting, even, even in coaching spring, it's get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like the, the more comfortable you are being uncomfortable, the easier it's going to be to adapt to, to any situation. And again, whether it's on the ice or whether it's, um, you know, you go to, to uh, a Hockey Canada camp or USA Hockey camp and you, you don't know anybody there. And for some kids, that's uncomfortable. But you got to do it first where it's super uncomfortable and then it becomes more comfortable being uncomfortable. So, you know, challenge yourself, put yourself in, in those tough situations. If, you know, if you never play the off wing, play the off wing in the spring, play D in the spring. If you're a forward, you know, figure out, or if you're a D, Hey, you know what? I'd like to play forward in the spring and give yourself that, you know, so you have an understanding too of what those other positions are going through instead of just saying, geez, our, our forwards are stupid and they suck. Um, maybe. <laughs> but it's also hard. Well, I, I love I love that saying uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable because I've heard so many influencers use that phrase and now we're using it here and it just goes to show that success really leaves the clues. And that that's actually something that, that I've gone through with this course that I'm on. So there's, you know, there's 30 of us and you know, I had the option of just, you know, head down, quiet, do your work, go home, don't make too much noise. Uh, but I took a completely different approach where I was, you know, a lot more extroverted. Uh, a lot of the vlogs and the recordings and the homework, you know, because uh, before, like, I'd always try to make sure I got to make this to impress people and uh, make it picture perfect. And a lot of my, my, my classmates are like that. But I actually went with the comfortable being uncomfortable. Like, I, I, and I've thrived in the course right now. I'm, I'm top of the class right now in course completion. And which is, you know, it's not too often that's said in my lifetime. So, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it, it's paid off and it's because I just, I just do the work. I don't think about, you know, what will everyone think of me? I don't think about how great something or how oh, poor something could potentially be. It's get it done and almost lead by example. And, and that's what's actually happened for me with, with my, cause we're split into two teams and my team is really taking, you know, a liking to my approach and it's been pushing them. So that's kind of like the lead by example. And I wasn't looking to go into the course and be a leader. I was just looking to go in and be effective, you know, for myself. But it, it's, it's interesting when you do, you know, become comfortable being uncomfortable because you start to see a, a lot more skill set and power that you actually have. And, and that's, that's something where that, that that's confidence and that's self-esteem and that's something you can carry in, in momentum and, you know, for our viewers here, notice how we're not talking about certain drills or skills or certain exercises. A lot of this stuff is just, you know, the life skills and common sense and, and everything that, you know, goes into this. There, there, there is a lot and you're not going to learn it just, uh, you're not going to learn it, you know, overnight. But it's a lot of things where, you know, there might be one or two things that you hear from Dan and I talking and that strikes a nerve and you think I never thought of it that way before. That's the thing I'm going to focus on. And I think that's yeah, what we really have to go it for. It's just, it's just a mindset, a mindset of wanting to develop and then, uh, you know, not, not allowing yourself to get in your own way either of your development. Um, you know, well, I, mean, I, I think right now, Scotty, you're like, uh, you're like the Kool-Aid man, just crashing, crashing through walls, <laughs> giving everybody Kool-Aid. <laughs> There you go. Well, and you know what? It's, it's, it's funny because people have said to me like about you, it's like, well, Dan used to coach in the NCAA. Why doesn't Dan coach there anymore? 
because that's part of Dan's life where he's, you remember you saying like, you know, the, with the, where your family is right now, the grind of, of that season and the situation right now is not the right time for it. So you focus and you evolve on other things. And I think that's one thing to be able to say, Hey, this is, this is something that, uh, that, you know, I need to evolve and move on from. And I think a lot something athletes, uh, kind of struggle with and, but to hear it, that it's, it, that we all go through it, you know, that, that definitely helps. I want to, um, Fast forward to uh, going back to the NCAA, you know, youth sports, the, the collegiate years. Mm-hmm. A lot of our audience um, who are going there either next year or the year after or, or in 22 uh, are asking a lot of the same questions. And one of those questions is, what's that first month like for those freshmen coming in? What, what, and this is something I think we can do actually a whole episode probably on, but I'd like to get kind of a uh, a little snapshot here for everyone so they can have an understanding of what that first month is from when you r- arrive at camp heading into, you know, preseason and, and then into the start of the season. Um, is that how intense can that be? And what kind of crash course is that like for them? I mean, I think every, every program is going to be a little bit different. The, the hardest thing I think coming in is you walk in and there's already, you know, 15 to 20 people who have been there for at least a year, if not three. And it's just, they're right in step. So it's trying to figure out, okay, what, like, how do I get in step here um, as quickly as possible? And, and the one thing I will say, and, um, and again, this is what, as you're doing your research on programs is um, finding those programs that have people who can help you along the way. Honestly, like, uh, when I was at Maine, one thing that we, we had a great support network for our athletes. Um, so those kids would walk in and they like their classes were already scheduled for them. Every, they came in early, everything, um, was very easily handled and they had a lot of help and whether it was from staff, uh, academic support or their older teammates, um, you know, they're, they're, a lot of things were like, they didn't have to really figure anything out for themselves um, in, in that regard. Like everything was kind of taken care of for them as they, as they arrived at school. So um, student athletes have, have that little head start, I think from normal freshmen going to school. Um, the thing that, um, I think is the hardest as they get there is just that balance of, okay, I got to balance my academics. I got to balance how demanding hockey is uh, because especially if you're, well, no matter if you're there on scholarship or not, it's, it's a full-time job. Right. And, and, you know, you need to treat it like that um, because it's the coach's full-time job. And if you don't treat it like that, either you're going to be gone or the coach is going to be gone. And I don't know any coaches that would put the athlete before themselves and, and feeding their family. Um, you know, so you, you got to figure out, like, you got to buy in right away. Like, it's not the place to go in and start questioning everything. Buy in. Buy into what's happening, and, and you'll enjoy it a lot more, and, and you'll have a lot more success. Um, <clears throat> but I think you know, it's just that, that balance of, of the workload. And I think more and more kids now, again, like it was the last year I coached was 2010. So, um, 
there's been huge strides in how these kids are preparing. Um, you know, so it's, um, they're, they're way more ready physically than, than back even my last year coaching, you know, kids would come in and like, we, we'd have kids who came in, they didn't, they didn't know how to squat. Like they'd be in the weight room and it's like, you know, they're, they're squatting with PVC pipe and like, well, we got to get these kids stronger. Like they're playing against 22 year olds or whatever, like, you know, you got to get stronger. So um, kids are coming in way more ready on that front. I think from a hockey standpoint, it's, you know, especially like if you played in the same place for a long time and you understand how to play that way, you have to learn to adjust. Okay. What's this coach expecting from me? So be a student of the game. Try to, try to put yourself in environments where you are learning different things and hearing different things um, and, and asking questions of, Hey, you know what, like, what are, what are my options in, in this situation? Because it is, if you get to college, it's way more read and react. And it, it's that balance of read and react with, and there may be a lot more structure than you're used to with your club team, right? Where, um, you know, I think hockey in general right now is getting a little overstructured. Um, but again, you're getting to the college level and it is about wins and losses. It's not, it's no longer about, Hey, like, are you, how much are you developing? It's, you know, from a coach's standpoint, can you help me win or not? Because um, again, like if you don't win as a coach, you don't, you don't have a job anymore. And, and most people like their job, so they're going to want to keep it. So, um, you know, so I think those are the, the biggest adjustments are, are really, um, and, and then it's, it's also figuring out how to, again, get that rest without mommy and daddy telling you, you got to go to bed. Um, you know, being on time, waking up, all those kinds of little things, um, you know, that, um, and, and then also understanding how to utilize the day off. Like, I, you know, there's so many freshmen that all of a sudden you have a day off and now they're running all over town trying to get all their stuff in that they weren't able to do. And now their day off just made them more tired for Monday rather than, you know, taking a Sunday to decompress and yeah, do your laundry and do your grocery shopping and some of that kind of stuff. But, you know, you don't have to kind of run all over town and, and wear yourself down even more than like, there, there's so many times where we gave kids a day off and it's like, you know what, we would have been better off just having like a 45 minute practice. Cause at least we, we knew then they were accountable to, to the team. Right. So, but one way I always like to look at it from at, at the college level was really as at the college level, you got about four hours a day, where you're accountable to specifically accountable to your program, whether it's practice or strength training or video or whatever, you know, so what, what are you doing in those other 20 hours, right? Are you making yourself better or worse in those other 20 hours? So you got to make good choices on what you're eating, how you're resting, who you're socializing with, all, all those kinds of things. So, um, you know, it's really, that I think that's kind of the hardest thing for kids coming in is to figure out again, that self-awareness and that self-accountability of, okay, I'm responsible for me. 
uh, no one else is going to really babysit me or hold my hand through it as, as much. Yeah. And it sounds like, again, it goes back to that, you know, taking that self inventory, you know, saying, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. And instead of saying, well, I don't know where to find the answer, start asking people who are in, whether it's fitness or, yeah. you know, simple home stuff, you know, that's what mom and dad are there or brother and sister are there for to help you out with laundry or cooking or in, in the simplicity of those little life's disciplines that are going to get you through it. Um, and, I, and I think that's something that, you know, again, we're going back to, we're not talking about, you know, working hard on your job, which is your sport. We're talking again about working hard on yourself and in the more easy you can make it on your life, the easier experience that you're going to have there. Um, the last thing I want to do before we sign off here, because I know we could go on for about, you know, 10 more hours and we got many more episodes to go. Um, Just do Scotty and Dan 24 right? seven. <laughs> there you go. That's another, that's another one, Brandon, we can drop off there. We can cr- create a, create a world record and see how far we can go with it. The longest episode of all time, <laughs> but you know, you, you touched on that time management part and that's one thing that, that kids say is like, Oh, I don't know what that means. It's like, well, you know, you got to manage your time. You have to put it out and you really, it's really managing the time where that you have free and open and what you're doing with it, because you can do some pretty stupid things that could ruin the rest of your day that you just put in. But, uh, moving, well, actually there, there's two things, um, before we, one thing before we get to the, the last part. Uh, and, and I think that's important to touch on is uh, the kids that who come from far away, it's their first time living away from home. You know, how much of, uh, in your experience, when you were coaching in the NCAA, how often was that a, uh, an issue for, for the freshmen who came in who, who were, you know, four, five, six, seven, some, in your case in Maine, over 10 hours away from home? It was big. I mean, it's, you know, and that's where you have to, develop that that support network and and I always liked uh, when kids had friends outside of the team because when you're gonna you're gonna face adversity there you know it, it's never just oh I just walk in and it's nice and smooth and it's easy and whatever like it's it's gonna be hard there's gonna be days that are hard there's gonna be days where you're frustrated and that's where I think it's nice to have you know, a, a friend or some friends that are outside of your team. And, and, but I think it's also good to have those people that are, that are athletes too. So they kind of, they, they have a sense of what you're going through, but then, you know, you could go, you know, just vent to your friend on the basketball team and they don't care. Like you're right. They're not bringing that back in the locker room. They're not going, Hey, guess what this person said, you know, like it doesn't matter. Right. So you, finding that network kind of outside of, of your team that you can also rely on, you know, there's going to be times where, where you're going to need to rely on your teammates. And, and the nice part about going to school is you're walking in, you already have, you know, 20 plus, you know, sisters, you know, so you, you have those people that, that are there that you know you can lean on to help you in, in situations, but also having those people kind of outside uh, being able to say, geez, you know what, this person frustrated me at practice and they don't care. They're not on your team. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, it keeps that drama out of your locker room and, and just, you know, because everybody needs a vent. You know what? Like, I don't know how many times I've 
come home and complain, you know what, Scotty did this today. Or Scott, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I was about to right? say, how many times have I called you to then? <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. But it, but it's it's having those situations, those people you can vent to that you know it doesn't need to go past the venting stage. Right. It's just getting some stuff off your chest and getting it out and getting it out of the way. And then, hey, you know what, really, it's not that bad. I can move on, right? And, and uh, you know, being, being homesick and being away from home, there's a lot of kids that it's hard. Their families are super involved in, in everything they're doing. And, and that's where, you know, again, with technology now, it's certainly a lot easier than, um, I mean, when I was in school, I think we had to, you know, do a tin can on a string or whatever to try to call home. But, um, <laughs> Little rascal shout, technique. <laughs> just shout really loud. I don't, but um, you know, you go walk to the payphone, everyone's in line at like prison. But uh, you know, now like uh, again, but that's too. Uh, as a parent, um, you got to understand too. Like you're there to support, uh, but not necessarily to problem solve, right? And and so um, you know, I always uh, had an open door policy as, as a as well, head and an assistant coach. But that's. Also, too, as a head coach, that's where your assistant coaches and your your strength coach and your trainer and those staff members, they're going to hear more of it than you do as a head coach. As a head coach, you're going to be the last to hear what's going on. So that's where it's so important in, in those roles to, to be those ears and be that shoulder, um, especially the trainer. The trainer is probably your single most important piece of, of your staff because they're going to hear everything people for the, the kids always forget that the trainer is part of the staff and that's where too your trainer has to balance okay what am i hearing and what needs to be passed up the chain right um so but but as an athlete it's figuring out times and places to vent and and then you know what if if they're it, it always helps to talk about it right if if there is an issue rather than uh bottling it up and and shoving it down inside and just hoping it goes away it, it usually doesn't just go away usually it gets pent up and then it explodes somewhere um and usually at probably an inappropriate time but um you know have, having that and and understanding too and, and as you're looking for schools how far away do I want to be from home you know what some some kids would you know, have no problem going away. And some kids, you know, are really tied to that. And, and that's, so that's understanding yourself again, doing that self inventory in the recruiting process of, okay, you know what? Like, I really don't want to be more than three hours from home. So, but it's also allowing yourself that opportunity to, you know, surrender yourself to the environment you're in of not just, oh, I wish I was at home. It's easier, you know, it's, it's always easier at home. Uh, or again, maybe not always, but, um, you know, again, understanding kind of that it is going to be hard and, and what mechanisms do I have in place to face that adversity? Mm. Uh, so long, long circle answer to, to that one. Well, hey, it's something that a lot of these that no one really hears, though, because a lot of them they don't have the experience and they don't know what to expect. So it's better to go in depth and just to say, 
yeah, they, they cry. And then, you know, we'll, as coaches, we'll deal with it and don't worry about it. You'll be fine after a couple of months. Right. Yeah. Uh, so what's, um, you know, the final thing I want to talk about before I get to our sign off question of the, of the day, um, for those athletes who, you know, next year is going to be their last year. And that's obviously that's an emotional year, a fun year. Um, you want to definitely go out on a high, um, no matter what it is, if your team's rebuilding or if you're going for, for a championship or whatever it might be. But uh, what do you think they should, how, how should they be preparing for that final year to make it the best, the best year of their, uh, of their collegiate uh, student, sorry, student athlete collegiate uh, career? Uh, I mean, that's, that's the hard one, especially for the female athlete in, in college, right? It's, um, I think one of the things that every year that I coach at the college level that, that we talk about with our, with our seniors is leave no regrets, right? Like don't, you don't want to finish that last game and say, geez, if I only would have, you know, trained a little bit harder that one day, or if I only would have, you know, sacrificed um you know this party to to make sure that i was prepared um and i think that's the biggest thing really throughout your collegiate career is you really you have 1200 days to be a to to be a collegiate athlete right um you know for as long as i've been doing this there's not going to stop being parties they're not going to stop making beer they're not going to stop uh making pizzas um, you know, so it's really, you know, deciding to sacrifice for those 1200 days to, to be the best you can be and not look back and, and say, man, I wish I would have, you know, eaten better. I wish I would have, you know, the time to do it is when you're doing it. It's very easy to look back and, and say, man, I wish I wasn't, you know, I wish, I wish I was more open to what coach was saying, or I wish I would have really kind of asked more detailed questions of what do you mean by that? Right. Um, Cause again, like I, I always looked at it from a coaching standpoint, you have a meeting with a kid and I always tried to follow up with, okay, what did you hear? Because as a coach, you say things and you assume that they're hearing things the way you intended to say it and obviously the same as a parent you assume they're hearing whatever you're saying the way you intended to to be interpreted but the interpretation is always different again you talk to a group of you know 20 people and there's 18 different interpretations of what you just said so you know again as an athlete if you if you don't understand or even if you think you do say hey okay so just so i'm clear this is what we're getting at right and and so it's it's you know trying to grasp that full understanding of again whether it's hockey whether it's academics whatever it is um and, and again even let's say this women's pro league takes off right and you go play there for five years after you're done school or you go uh, overseas and play for that team in China and that Russian league and you play for five years. Well, you're still coming back. You're 27, 28 years old. Like you're not done with stuff like, you're, you know, so 
um, it, it's taking that experience and, and putting that into your life as a person too, right? So um, I would say that as you go into your last year, especially, it's about, okay, what, how, A, how can I help myself be a better player, person, teammate? How can I help my teammates be better? And how can I make my coach's job easier to, to be a more coachable player, to be, um, you know, someone who leaves a positive impact or a positive legacy in whatever program that, that I'm at and be that person that, <clears throat> you know what, three years down the road when that freshman is a senior, hey, you, you should have played with this kid. This kid was awesome. Oh, that definitely sounds like a great way to put it. That's for sure. Um, so we'll go to our, our last thing of, of this, uh, of this podcast. And that is, and I'll, I'll phrase this correctly because I know you've had, uh, you know, you've had more than enough experience in your day. So I don't think saying if you could talk to the 16 year old Dan Lichterman, uh, today, what would you tell him? Cause you, there's probably a lot of things we can go a whole, whole, a whole book on that one probably. <coughs> but if, uh, you know, I, I know your son's, uh, you know, reaching that age in the simplest form, what, knowing what you know now from the days that you played, you know, division three, um, all the way up till now is in your, your coaching career. And what, what would you, what, what's the simplest things you would say to, to him to be, be the, to, to really pour it on and be the best version of himself moving forward today? I think the biggest thing is just to, again, be more open to experiences, um, both positive and negative. Cause you know, and, um, don't like, again, failure isn't final. It's, it's just part of that process and just allow the process to happen, take in as much as you can. And then, you know, you can filter out the pieces that work for you. Um, you know, but I, I think it's just being way more open to experience and whether it's positive or negative. And then you got to take, you know, those negative ones, learn from it, challenge yourself to be better and to, to not make that same mistake. Um, you know, again, whether it's on ice or off ice and same with those positive experiences and really just kind of enjoy more what you're doing. I think, I think minor sport, has become so perfect. Like we expect these, you know, 12 and 14 and 15 year olds to be professional. Um, learn to relax and enjoy it a little bit more, um, you know, enjoy those fun times on the bus, enjoy those fun times uh, before the game, enjoy those, you know, those times with, with teammates, um, you know, that, that, you enjoy being around, um, you know, and I think the hardest thing, and, and even my daughter and I were having this conversation, um, like right as, as everything got canceled and actually I was coaching a team, we were in PEI, uh, at our league championships. We played our first game and then it got shut down. I felt really bad for our kids who didn't know that that was the last time they were going to put on that Jersey. Right. Um, and, and that was one thing that she said too, about her group. She's like, I just, I really wish I would have known that was the last time we were going to be together. Um, because you know what, no matter where you play, uh, every year is going to be different. It's never going to be the same. So just really try to enjoy 
more where you're at when you're there and, and allow yourself to be present rather like you, you need that kind of focus on what's next, but also take that time to enjoy where, where you're at and, and what you're doing and who you're doing it with. And I've said a bit of myself, Dan, I appreciate you having on, uh, being on here for our, uh, one of our earlier episodes. We'll definitely be having uh, you back because I know there's a lot of uh, knowledge for, uh, that you have to spread to student athletes and where we get really specific and we'll use that word when we get really micro about the development of the student athlete in the process. This is Scott McDonald with the Real Experience Podcast, Student Athlete Edition. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.